Smith Podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both, and sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation, and if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Well, hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Britney Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany M. Smith, and I'm so excited for today's conversation because we are going to talk about something that I have personal experience in, and I know that many of you are in a position where you are looking to leave your job or at least prepare to leave your job so that you can do your business full-time, or if you're just looking to grow your side hustle so that leaving your business actually becomes a viable option, you are in the right place. I have my new friend, Rochelle Jesse, all the way from Connecticut, not too far from here in New Jersey. And she is, this is her zone of genius. This is her lane. This is the thing that she helps her clients do, or one of the things of the many things that she helps her clients do. So Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. 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 So Rochelle, tell us who you are and what you do and why you're qualified to talk to us about this today. Yes. I love that. So, um, I am a business and mindset coach and I help corporate women turn their service-based side hustle into a full-time online business so they can experience time freedom, doing work. They actually love not just going into a nine to five clocking in, doing what you're told to do, but living your life of passion. Um, so I've been doing this for a while now. I originally came from a human resources space when I worked in the corporate realm. Um, that's where I found coaching. And I just, I fell in love and I kept thinking to myself, if there's one thing that I could do all day long in this job, what would it be? And it was coaching. I love talking with people. I love empowering people, helping them push through their challenges. So that led me to get my coaching certification, which was about a year long. Um, and then I dove into leadership coaching because that's what I knew. Um, that's what I did in the corporate world. And I built that business. I thrived in that business. But part of me was being pulled into business coaching and helping other women do exactly what I did, start a business, grow a business and live a life of passion. And that's what brings me here today is just being able to share my knowledge, share my experience and expertise with as many women as possible so they can live a life of passion and create the life and business of their dreams. That is awesome. I love that so much. The thing that's resonating right now is living a life of passion. Um, so tell us, I mean, I know you you talked about um, briefly how you found coaching through your corporate job. Um, what is it about coaching that really um, grabbed you and, and really pulled you in? Like, can you give us like an aha moment um, when that that finally clicked for you that this is what you were born to do? Yes. And you, when you just said the aha moment, like that actually is what makes coaching so fulfilling for me is watching women have that moment of, 
I can do this. I, I know how to do this. I have the power in me. I just need a strategy and I'm there and watching them gain that confidence and that empowerment in themselves. We all have the power to create the life and business of our dreams. So watching that click for my clients is just that that's everything. That's like my payment. That's just seeing them say, you know what? I can do this. I can create the business I want. I can grow it to what I want it to be. That's everything to me. That that's the aha moment that I have when I'm coaching. Absolutely. And I can totally identify with that. Um, As a brand strategist and as a designer, it's when the client sees that design that I created for them, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like watching, watching the client get excited about something that you provided is definitely a fulfilling thing. And so you mentioned that you um, primarily help service-based entrepreneurs. Um, So tell us what the difference is, like um, what makes service-based entrepreneurs so special? You know, and I think any and all entrepreneurs, I give so much kudos to entrepreneurship is difficult. It is not easy. That's why only us do it, right? Not everyone does this. Not everyone takes this this journey. Um, When it comes to service base, what I love about that as opposed to product selling is you are truly part of someone's journey. You are providing a service that is impacting someone's life. It's either impacting them personally, professionally, in their business, in their relationships, whatever that may be, you're providing a transformation. Your service is a transformation. Um, To what scale that transformation may be, whether it's something smaller that's short-term or something longer that's more long-lasting, it's still transformational for them. And you become a part of their story. And I think that's powerful. And and again, product selling is wonderful as well, but that's what pulled me to the service-based entrepreneurs is helping them create a service that will truly change someone's life. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you are doing that for them as well. Um, And so with them, um, with that being primarily who you've been serving, um, what would you say are some of the um, more common challenges that you help your clients with as they're trying to scale their business? Um, And even, I guess, if we're bringing it back around to the the title of today's episode, um, what challenges do you see service-based entrepreneurs facing when they're trying to make that exit strategy or make that exit plan out of their corporate jobs? Yes, that's such a great question. So first is like time. Everyone's like, I don't have time. Oh my gosh. I've got, you know, first of all, we all have personal lives and we know that that comes with family, friends, you know, everything else under the sun. And then they have that nine to five. And for some individuals, that nine to five is more like a 70 hour work week and not a 40 hour work week. Um, So the limited amount of time that a lot of my clients come to me with is one of their top three challenges. They're like, Rochelle, I just, I'm exhausted. I have, I have a family or I have another job. I have my nine to five. I have, you know, personal obligations. Um, so I would say time is so challenging. And that actually is what made me create my program the way I did. I created it with the corporate women schedule in mind. So instead of taking like that six week course where you're just getting jammed with all this information, you got to do it all. It's six months and it's set at a pace where it's a couple hours a week and you're good. You spend a couple hours and you're good. It's not 10 hours, not this, you know, second or third job that you have to take on. Um, Cause time is it's limited. And 
we all know that. I mean, I, I did it and lived it. And that's why I created a program that is customized for that busy nine to five corporate woman who also has that personal life and those other obligations. That's awesome. And, and I totally, totally identify when you uh, began to tell us what you do, you mentioned the word or the term time freedom. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. it. That is what we are after time, freedom, financial freedom. We just want to be free (laughs) from, from the rat race of life. And I am so at a place myself where I'm like, okay, I need my business to work for me. Um, I need, you know, yes, I can kind of manage my own schedule and all of that, but I need to see the return on my investment of time. So I don't feel like, you know what, it's easier if I just go back to the nine to five, right? Like, because I know that this is what I'm born to do. And the temptation is to say, forget it because I feel like I'm working too hard when really I'm just spending too much time on the things that I don't love to do in my business. Um, And so it's really about getting yourself organized so that your business is working for you. Um, So I love that so much. Um, So for someone who says, listen, Rochelle, I see what you do. I heard what you did. And I am ready to start my process. Where does one start when putting that exit strategy in place. Like I've decided I don't want to be at this job anymore. I want to quit tomorrow. What do you say to that person? So I start number one concern that people have with leaving a nine to five and it's finances, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to lose that paycheck that I, I get every week or every other week um, or the benefits like my insurance. So I always start with finances because that's what always comes up is Oh, I want to leave, but I don't know about my finances. I don't know if I can do it. And what I tell people is numbers is knowledge. You have to know your numbers to know where you stand financially in terms of your exit strategy from corporate to full-time entrepreneur. So there's quite a few things I tell people to look at first, look at any debt that you have. Have you accrued debt? Is it maybe, maybe you went to college and you've got some loans you got to pay off, um, any debt at all take a look at what that is. Then look at your savings. A lot of times people will get advice from financial advisors or family members, whoever that may be saying, Hey, you should really look at having three to six months worth of all of your like savings to cover all of your expenses. Just put it aside. Don't touch it. Have it there as a little nest egg, a cushion just in case. Um, So I tell people, look at your savings, how far Will your savings get you if you were to stop your job right now? If you were to stop everything, walk out the door, say what you got to (laughs) say and go full time with your business, how long will your savings take you? And are you comfortable? That number will look different for everyone. Some people will say, I just need a month. Some might say, I need six months. Where you're comfortable is where you need to go with that. Um, So look at your savings, look at your expenses. What can you drop? I mean, I looked at my credit card statements probably six months ago, and it was at a point where Uber Eats was like my constant, like I was charging Uber Eats all the time. And I finally looked at how much I spent in one month. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to stop Uber Eats. Um, So look at those expenses because it's so easy to hit the pay button when your credit card's stored already and you're just, and you don't even realize how much some of these things are adding up. What can you drop or lessen in your expenses? And then what are your expenses for the month? And again, back that into your savings and say, how, how much are my expenses? How much do I need on a monthly basis? 
to cover myself and some, cause we want to have fun too. Right. So think about your expenses. Um, but that's really where I tell people to start, start with your finances, because that is often the number one thing holding people back from leaving their nine to five is they don't know. And they don't want to look because numbers are scary and our finances can be scary and intimidating, but you have to know because numbers is knowledge. So you have to start there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so many nuggets you just dropped in the last answer you just gave. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. It's a scary thing to think about. And the way that payments have been automated now, as opposed to us having to physically feel the cash leaving our hands, you're, you're so right that I'm hitting, you know, just pay auto. Yes. Every, and, you know, I have a Mac, so it's saved in my computer. It's saved in my phone. If I had an iPad, it'd be saved there too. So I literally don't need to have my cards or anything on me to spend my money. And that is very, very dangerous. Okay. <laughs> so dangerous. And, um, and I think too, the challenge is it's making us look at our own habits. Um, for those of you who are listening right now, I know you're feeling your toes being crunched right now because in order for you to make this leap, it really requires you to look at yourself, you to look at your spending habits, you to look at your eating habits, you to look at your leisure habits, you to look at your shopping habits. Like you have to examine yourself and get yourself together so that you can then make that transition. Because like Rochelle mentioned earlier, entrepreneurship is hard. You know what I'm saying? So right now your spending habits are really based off your level of comfort. And when you get out into the entrepreneurial world and your comfort is challenged, chances are your coping skills or your coping mechanisms are going to kick in and you're going to eat more. You're going to shop more. <laughs> you're going to want to do more of those things. And you need to really have some discipline um, prepared. So not only saving money, but saving discipline as well and saving those good habits. Because like I said, you're going to get out there and be like, oh, nobody told me. We're trying to tell you now. <laughs> because even if you have a great business um, concept and you have you know, a great product and great services, it takes time to build that up, first of all. But second of all, entrepreneurship has a very... Um, uh, ebb and flow kind of nature to it. So you're going to have busy seasons and then you're going to have low seasons. Um, and so those are things that you have to really prepare for. Um, so, so Rochelle, tell us about some of the mental shifts that we have to make. I mean, obviously you mentioned the finances and that's a very practical thing um, that we can, you know, begin to work on, but what are some of the mental shifts that we need to make in this transition? Yes. So that's the first thing I focus on aside from the finances and is, is then that mindset, building that CEO mindset and shifting from an employee where you're told, okay, do this, do that, do it this way, do it by this date to, oh, I, I own all this. Like I, like I have to come up with a strategy. I have to do the goals. I have to hold myself accountable. Um, so the first thing that I focus on, and I think that this is so critical and you can do it in many different ways, I have people think about their limiting beliefs. What things are you telling yourself that are limiting you that probably aren't true, right? So a lot of times I hear women say, I can't have a, a full-time business. And I go, why not? <laughs> and they go, well, I, I just, I've never done it before. I can't, I can't do that. I can't manage that. So it's, 
I, I, I trigger that or I challenge them by saying, you know, well, what's, what's telling you that you can't do that? Why, why are you having these thoughts? And the more you dig in, the more it's like, well, I don't know. I just, that's just what I think. And it's like, okay, that's limiting you. Yeah. Limiting beliefs are things that often are not true. They've never been proven to be true for you, but it's your, it's your own response to trying to keep yourself safe in your comfort zone, avoid risks, avoid failure, avoid, you know, anything else you can think of humiliation, whatever your fear may be, it's to keep you safe. So you don't experience those things. So there's limiting beliefs around. I can't do this. I won't make money. I won't be successful. All of these things. And I always challenge people to say, where is that coming from? And why does that have to be true for you? Why will that be true for you? And a lot of times you get that blank face of, well, I don't know. And I said, exactly. So how can we push through that? And how can we put some things in place so that you can push past your limiting beliefs? Because you'll always have the mindset is a muscle, but it's also the gatekeeper of your success. So if you believe you'll be successful, you're going to be successful. If you have these beliefs where you're like, I will never make five figure months. I won't be able to make my business last a year. Those things will happen because your limiting beliefs will dictate the actions that you take. So if you're like, I'm going to make a million dollars in five years and you believe that you're going to take action that's going to be aligned with making that big money. But if you say, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm scared. I'm not good enough. You're probably not going to take the actions you need to be good enough. So you really have to think about what your thoughts are telling you because your thoughts create feelings and your feelings create the actions. So if you think I'm going to be successful, you feel confident, you feel good. You're going to take actions that are aligned with that. If you say, I'm not going to be successful, you're going to feel bad and you're not going to take the actions you need to be successful. Absolutely. I agree. 1000% ladies again, Rochelle is punching us in the face. Okay. Because (laughs) basically she's telling us we are in our own way. There is no magic pill. There is no silver bullet. We We wish. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like we have to do the work both internally and externally. And again, it's work. (laughs) I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. Um, You know, people often say they want to be entrepreneurs because they want to work for themselves and not have a boss and be able to do what they want. But like like we talked about earlier, you actually are going to work more, um, at least in the very beginning, at the very least, um, because you're working on yourself, you're working on your product, you're working on your marketing, you're working on everything. Um, And so your mindset definitely does have to shift from that um, employee to the CEO mindset. When you're the CEO, everything relies on you. If you don't work, you don't eat. And I I feel like we don't even like, we don't put it that way. Um, You know, because we, as women, we're emotional creatures. We are feeling creatures. So when, you know, we don't want to talk as bluntly, like, yeah, when I don't make flyers and do websites and meet with clients, I don't eat. My kids don't get shoes, okay? Like it's it's that real, right? And so we want to make sure um, that you really take a look at what's on the line. You know what I'm saying? Like not necessarily what if you fail, but what if you succeed, right? Like what if you do make a, a five figures in one month before the year is out? 
What are you going to do with that? What are you, what are you going to aspire towards after that? What are you going to do to make that happen? Right. What are you going to do to celebrate that? Right. Like these are all things that you need to think about. Um, so Rochelle, talk to us about um, the, the fear and uncertainty that can be, uh, I want to say uh, imparted upon us or in, impressed upon us from the people around us, right? Because I I had to go through this, you know, when I first told my parents who are, you know, security, stable job, you know, all of that, that's, that's their generation, right? So when I told them I wanted to go into business full time and leave my, I had a government job too, you guys, okay? And I wanted to leave my stable job to do my business, um, I then had to fight through all of the worry and concern of my loved ones, you know, and, and them trying to talk me out of what I wanted to do. So how, what are some strategies maybe that we can give um, to help deal with the external blah? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That, and that comes up so differently for everybody. I mean, yeah. I've had clients who that was their biggest challenge was how do I communicate this to my family, to my spouse, to whomever in my life that is going to be impacted by this. Um, and some people are like, oh, my parents, I love it. They love it. They, they said, go for it. But everyone, it's, it's like a spectrum and everyone falls somewhere else on that support aspect of family members and friends and whatnot that all have an opinion, right? We all have opinions. So you're going to get it from somewhere and being prepared is so important. Um, the one thing I like to tell people, my clients in particular, is to know that someone else's reaction and opinion about what you are doing with your life and your business is more about them than it is about you. So, mm -hmm. for example, I actually am lucky where my parent, my dad's an entrepreneur. So he was like, go for it. Yeah. But like I said, I'm the minority of that, right? Most of the time it's, oh my gosh, you're doing what? Have you thought about X, Y, Z, blah, 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 benefits, insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff comes up for people, but know that those are their fears and their concerns and they don't have to be yours. So what they're thinking about your business, whether it's fear of income, fear of um, security, stability, all these things, that's them thinking, if I were to do this myself, I'd be freaking out about all these things. But that doesn't mean that that needs to be your fears and your concerns. So I tell people, remember, when that's happening and they're just firing questions, take a deep breath, center yourself. Don't cut them off. Let them have their peace. But in your mind, think back to your why. Why are you doing this? Be very grounded in your why because it is going to be important for you, not only in that conversation, but for the rest of your business. Your why will guide everything you do. So be connected to your why. And then once they, they've had their peace and they're done telling you all the fears and concerns they have for themselves, if they were to make that move, Tell them, thank you so much for, for your opinion. And thank you so much for the questions that you asked. Please know and trust that I have thought about this and I have done what I need to do to get myself and my business to this place. And I appreciate your support going forward. Say that. Cause then they're going to say, okay, like oh. <laughs> you're oh. not arguing. Cause if you're going to argue and say, I've done that, you know, it's just going to be a back and forth. But when you say, thank you so much for your questions, 
I appreciate your support going forward. I put a lot of thought and I'm excited. They're not really going to know how to respond other than to say, all right, you know, okay. (laughs) They might still once in a while throw something your way, but that's going to catch them off guard. And they're going to say, wow, Brittany's really thought about this. She's excited. All right. (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. I got to support. I I don't have anything else I can do other than to do that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And even, even if they don't say, okay, and they leave it alone, because some of us have family members who are a little difficult and every moment (laughs) that they get, every opportunity that they get, they're going to remind you of how hard either it will be or how hard it is or all of that. Like Rochelle mentioned, you have to remember your why at the end of the day, you're not doing it for that person. You're doing it for your ideal client. You're doing it for your children. You're doing it for the person on the other side of that mirror, right? You're doing it for not them. <laughs> so yes. um, don't be discouraged, one. And two, remember that you're not alone. Um, there are many of us who have taken that step, you know, and, and we, by the grace of God, are on the other side, like, come on in, the water's fine. You know, <laughs> the water's fine. It gets rough sometimes, but the water is fine, especially when you are getting paid to do what you love to do. Um, so Rochelle, as we get ready to land the plane, can you give us kind of like a, uh, you know, step-by-step, like quick, quick shot of, okay, we've looked at our finances and considered those things. We've looked at our mindset and, you know, are starting to really train ourselves to think like a CEO. Um, what are, are there any other steps before we, you know, like, okay, let me, maybe we need to write our resignation letter. Maybe we need to, you know, like, what are some of those other steps that are going to get us closer to our last day at work? Yeah. So once you've analyzed all of what you would just mention, set a date, set the date. This is it. And it sounds easy. And I know people are like, well, yeah, of course you'd set a date. That is the one thing people forget to do. They're like, okay, seven months from now, my finances look great. Um, I I'm building my mindset. I'm ready to do this. I'm going to, you know, seven months from now is the, is the time, but then they don't set a date. And we all know what happens when you don't set a date you will not hold yourself accountable for that date. So whenever my clients say, I I had a client who left her job um, in the middle of my program um, back in February. And when she was talking about doing it, I was like, when's the date? And she was like, I, uh, you know, sometime in, you know, that month. No, no, when's that date? Come on, you're ready. You know, you're ready. You've done everything you need to do. Setting the date can be the scariest part because it makes it very real. And that's where you go back to that mindset and say, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing it for my people. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for the life I want. Um, So set that date. And then, and the next question I get asked a lot is, okay, well, if my date is far out, do I tell my boss now? And I always say, what's your relationship with your boss? Yeah. I had a wonderful boss that I told everything to. He was like a friend of mine. So I told him, I was like, Hey, six months from now, you're not going to see me here anymore. And he was like, perfect. He goes, we're keeping this between you and I, but we're going to help with a a transition plan so that you don't leave this gaping hole in the business. And I was happy to help with that. Now, had I had the boss that I had before him, no way would I have said anything. I would have given my two weeks because you don't know how someone's going to react if you don't have a great relationship that's trust 
trustful and transparent. And only you know if you have that relationship. If you're unsure, err on the side of caution and give the required amount of time. Because I have heard some stories where people, they were they didn't think through it enough to say, hey, this person doesn't have my best interest at heart. And they were told, well, why don't you go now? And it's like, I wanted four more months. You want me? Oh, you can go now. And it's like, oh my gosh, no. So really know your relationship, err on the side of caution. But that's what I, that's the advice I give when it comes to telling your boss, set the date, tell your boss. And then, like you said, Brittany, start building a network, start building a network of powerful women. Cause we need each other. You cannot do entrepreneurship alone. You that's can't, it. it's not fun and it doesn't help you or your business. So start building that network so that when you leave, you've got your team, you've got your people to lean on. You have people to hold you accountable Yes. Build that network. Absolutely. And you're so right um, when it comes to, you know, what kind of boss you have. When I left my job, my boss knew, he knew from, (laughs) I mean, I was there almost four years, right? I was like two months shy of four years. And he knew from the moment I came into the job that I was not a nine to five person and not because of, you know, my work was poor. I was getting the work done, but he, well, he knew me personally outside of the job as well. Um, but just, so he knew my skill set. He knew my aspiration. He already knew who I was like before I got into the job. And so, you know, he would let me have like um, lunch meetings in the office. I would have like meet ladies inside the office building and we would have like ladies at lunch and I would just be able to motivate and inspire people in this courthouse. Right. And so, um, the year, the year 2020 came and, um, I was like, okay, I think this is the time, like I have to do it this year. And like, to your point, I didn't set a date in the beginning because I was afraid. Can I really do this? Can I pull this off? Am I going to be made a, made a fool of because a year from now I'm going to be back? Like, can I have my job back? Like, you know, I was thinking about all those things. I don't want to be embarrassed. I want to be successful, all of those. Um, and so I kind of did the dance, you know, I was like, okay, you know, boss, I think this is the month. And he's like, okay, just let me know. And I'm like, never mind. It's not the month. I'm not ready, you know? And so to your point, um, for me, after maybe two times of that, like I have a date, just kidding. I have a date. Just kidding. I wrote the resignation letter and I was like, okay, the letter's written. That's another baby step toward, you know, doing the thing. And then I, with fear and trembling hit submit. And I was like, okay, it's done now. It's now it's official because I have 30 days. There's a date on the letter. The letter has been submitted. Um, and, and it's a very bittersweet moment, you know, even when you know that, you know, that, you know, you have a viable business and it's going to be fine. It's still a bittersweet moment because you are crossing over into the non-traditional route of doing life on your terms, um, as a woman, right? Like there are so many different things and feelings and all of that, that will go on around this moment. But when you do it once and for all, there's going to be a very, um, a very fulfilled kind of peace that you're going to eventually find um, when you when you finally do it. So um, all great advice and tips on how to make the leap. Um, any last, you know, 
encouragement for the people. We talked a lot about, you know, you know, the practical side, get your finance together, get your mindset together, you know, pick a date, all those things, any practical things on the business side, like, okay, if this is a side hustle for me, how do I prepare my business for full time? Um, are, are there, is, does anything have to change? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, one thing that I like to tell people is have systems in place that support your business going full time. And what I mean by that is it takes you away from every little minute task that your business has, because when you go full time, people think, oh, I'm going to have all the time. I can do everything in my business. And it's like, no, when you're going full time, you're scaling and you're doing projects, you're doing networking, you're doing these things to up-level your business, which means you need to do less of the things that are more of like the tasks. So I always tell people have systems in place that can automate some of that work for you. Scheduling systems, CRMs, um, social media apps and systems that can post your content when you want it to be posted. All of the things that require you to click a button or to do something that doesn't require your zone of genius to just do that little thing, automate it. Get the work done ahead of time and automate so you can wake up every day and spend time doing things that move your business forward. Um, So all the automation, hire a VA when you can. I don't recommend that right off the bat, but, you know, as you can and as your expenses and your finances allow you to get a VA that can, again, support some of those smaller tasks that allow you to do those six figure tasks. And when I say six figure tasks, I mean the things that are going to get you to six figures and beyond. Because you want to start doing those things early on because you're not going to make six figures and beyond when you're doing four figure tasks. (laughs) That is so good. It's so good. And you're absolutely right. Even as I was preparing to leave my job, I was already doing my business as a side hustle. Um, But I had those things in place. I knew I had the schedulers. I had the all of those things that you just mentioned um, so that when I took the leap, I could now do more of those, like you mentioned, six-figure tasks. Um, and so I really want to ask this last question um, just so that the people can get understanding. Um, and, and you alluded to it, but I want you to kind of like just dig a little bit deeper. Um, can you give us an example of a six-figure task versus a four-figure task? Yes, absolutely. So a four-figure task in my opinion, and I've, I've talked with other business coaches and consultants and, and have kind of benchmarked this as well. Cause you know, everyone's got different opinions, but it is posting on social media. And I don't mean content creation. I mean, the act of posting sure. saying, Oh, it's 12 o'clock. Let me take my content. Let me post it on there. It is putting to taking content you've created and putting it together for your email of the week or your newsletter, compiling information. Um, it is sending DMS and outreaching to certain people, um, in your group or in other groups that you want to contact those things where you're just kind of sitting and you're typing, but again, you're not using your brain power in your zone of genius. You could pass that off to somebody else to complete. That's why I like to ask people, what are the things where you can say, I don't have to do this. I can give this with instructions to somebody else and they can do it without needing me. Those are the things that are are the four figure and under tasks. The things that don't require you to say, okay, I really need to think through this 
in order to execute it how I want to and in order for it to reflect my business well. Um, so anything where it's like, yeah, I can give this to my, my niece, my cousin, an intern, and they can just go follow instructions and do it pass that off. That's a four-figure task. A six-figure task, that involves networking opportunities, PR opportunities, getting a, talking with somebody on a podcast, getting on a blog. It, it entails projects that are going to up-level your business and the services that you provide your clients, whether that be your own development, maybe it's enhancing a skill that you have, for me, it might be taking a marketing course, um, you know, up-leveling my skills so that I can impact my clients in a different way. Client work itself, you know, when you have a service-based uh, business, you've got client work, you're providing a service to them. So any client work that comes with your business, um, anything that enhances the sales piece of your business so that your user and experience for your clients is seamless. So anything like, like I said, creating systems and processes that support your clients and having the best possible experience in your business, that all has to come from you. It right. can't be made up by somebody else. They don't know your business. So those are just some examples of the differences. And oftentimes the six-figure tasks take longer because they're more complex than the small four-figure tasks. So that's another easy way to say, if that takes 15 minutes, it's probably not a six-figure task. It's probably a four-figure task. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, very clear and easy to understand. And, and ladies, if you're listening right now, wherever you are in your business, you do have four-figure tasks versus six-figure tasks. I don't care if you just started yesterday. There are things that only you can do in your business. And there are things that your cousin, your sister, like she said, you know, anybody else can do with instruction. Um, so I, I, I'm super excited about this information that you guys got today because I know that somebody right now is listening and you are on the verge of pulling your eyelashes out because you know that the entrepreneur life is for you. It's been calling, it's been knocking, it's been DMing you saying, come on over. And you have been racking your brain trying to figure out how to make the switch, how to cross over. Um, and it is okay that you have your business as a side hustle now and 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 planning to change it over to become your main thing right and so um rochelle thank you so much please do tell us what you have for us what what can we grab now what can we follow how can we contact you all of that <laughs> awesome yeah so first and foremost i have a facebook group called Women's Side Hustle to Main Hustle Society. And I do weekly live training. So it's a free group. It's a private group. You just have to answer a few questions to get in. But I go live every week. I do hot seat coaching with women in the group. Um, so that's a great opportunity to learn more about everything from growing your side hustle to a main hustle. Um, and then I also also have a side hustle to main hustle Academy, and that is my signature program. It is six months long. It's evergreen. So you can always apply. I never shut the doors. Um, so you can apply to that. I go through everything from creating a CEO mindset and business vision to marketing, to systems and processes, and all the way to having sales that feel effortless and not cringy and grimy um, and really lead to you landing the clients of your dreams. So I would love to chat with anybody who wants to take that step and really grow their side hustle to their main hustle and experience that time freedom doing work that you love. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much again for sharing your time and expertise with us today. Ladies, I know that you got something out of this episode. So make sure you subscribe if this is your first time listening. Make sure you comment. Make sure you join um, Rochelle's Facebook group. And if you're not already, which you should already be in my Facebook group, but if you're not, make sure you visit the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook as well. Um, Jump on in. And like Rochelle mentioned, you know, it's important for you to get connected to other women who are already doing it so that when you take the leap, you don't feel alone. There are people that you can talk to about their experience and letting you know that the bump that you're on right now doesn't have to last always, that there is sunshine coming if you continue to work hard. Um, So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, You will be pleased with the next week's episode. Super excited about it. I'm not going to spoil it, but you want to make sure that you tune in next week for the newer episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Thank you for joining. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Britney Smith Podcast.